Previously on the Reroll Podcast. Bo's new acquaintance leads him to safety. Come now, do not be afraid. What is this? Where are we? Oh, this is a safe place to rest for the evening. Where he meets a mysterious creature. Welcome to my grove. You may rest here tonight, young man. Star beseeches an owl for help sneaking Miss Winthrop back into Brambleton. Guess I'm wondering if you would be up for, uh, perhaps helping cause a bit of mischief in town. I will help you, but I will call upon you for help as well. It comes at a price, but it works wonders. Drops this flask of oil. Oh, dear, whatever god I worship. And he... (laughs) Runs to like panically towards the river, which gives Shadow and Flint the opening they were hoping for. Well, not gonna get much better than that. Get ready to move. Yeah, Flint's running around to the front, and whoever he can see is, Dear God, go help that man! Groth is free, and Flint is left unconscious in his cell. Sorry, sorry about all that business earlier. Had to make it look real. You understand the business. And now oh, I need you to not. reciprocate and make it look real. I need you to knock me out, like for real. Blink! <laughs> Yeah, Flint, you just go to black. What will change overnight as the separated party sleeps? Will the Empire believe Flint's story? How will Groth's escape change the dynamic in the occupied Brambleton? Let's find out. Welcome back to the Reroll Podcast. Okay. Last week... Made you guys a promise. I had a very strange re-roll inspired dream the other night. A few of you know this already because I just could not keep it to myself. But I had a dream that <laughs> Ayla and I attended a tour of a haunted asylum. And the tour guide was none other than Ray Romano. But... Ray Romano in my Ray Romano voice. So it wasn't accurate or anything. So it was really strange to go through this dream and hear about these patients and how this asylum mistreated them, but all under the filter of Ray Romano being like, yeah, and this person was in here and it really wasn't very good for them. They treated them poorly. And it was just really, really bizarre. But then the second part of the dream shifted to like escape room. So at the like end of the tour, Ray Romano was like, okay, all the patients are getting out. And he hits a button and all the doors fly open. And a bunch of inmates that are like crazy patients, which are, you know, actors or whatever, played all by Ray Romano are released. <laughs> and we have to like go try to escape this place with like different crazy Ray Romanos being like, ah. <laughs> Again, like just what does that mean? Like from a psychological standpoint, like oh. what does that say about you? Right in, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Give me your psychological analysis of my weird fucking like Ray Romano dream. So I'm going through this escape room and I'm running from all these different Ray Romanos. And at a point, like I realize I lost Ayla. She got pulled inside one of these haunted asylums by these. That's too late for ill-driven Ray Romanos. And I like we get to the end. And I'm like, oh shit, Ayla's not here. I was like, I gotta go back for her. And I go back, and as I'm going back, I see like a coworker of mine who's like not having a good time. Who's like, 
I don't want to die. I just want to go home. And one of the Ray Romanos is like, it's okay, buddy. We're not going to scare you anymore. And from that moment, I wasn't scared of the inmate Ray Romanos. So I just went and grabbed Ayla and got out. And then I, I woke up and I was just like, what? Just picturing, yeah, just that triumph moment. I'm not afraid of you anymore. Ray <laughs> it was a big moment, like in my dream. And I woke up and I was like, I have to go to work now and face this. Face that employee. <laughs> yeah, and face that employee and be like, you didn't make it in the Ray Romano asylum. <laughs> you cried. I, you you are weak and you will not survive the winter. You did not tell me, at least, that it was your version of the Ray Romano voice, like you. I don't even but... remember what Ray Romano sounds like anymore. I just have. <laughs> like, it's been so long since I've seen it. That's not true. I think I've seen, I saw a clip of, on YouTube the other day because I was trying to get back to it. But, like, it's been so long. Just trying to get like... back in character. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, fantastic. speaking of Ray Romano. <laughs> We open up on darkness, pitch black, with a high pitch ringing, almost like shell shock as Flint, you open your eyes and are greeted, first of all, with a massive headache, but also under this sort of leather canopy in a strange place. Um, I think Flint should roll to see if he has a concussion, so that way he doesn't remember anything about us, and uh, therefore the Inquisitor hard, cannot hard reset. Yeah. Get yeah. us yet. It totally just I hit think... me that the Inquisitor's gonna question Flint. <laughs> I think that Flint is always under the effects of a concussion, therefore that negates. <laughs> Short-term memory loss. Um, yeah, Flint just furrows his brow and just Oh, bloody hell. Ugh, just kind of slowly sits up and fishes the milk gar out of his pocket, pops it in his mouth, and it just it kind of magically, like, smolders back to life. <laughs> it would if that <laughs> happened. However, unfortunately, oh, okay. <laughs> you lift your arms and find that you've been shackled to the bed you are on. Uh, what? Okay, hold on a second. I gotta re. I gotta switch gears here for a second. What what happened last night? You look down. Uh, you are bare chested with just your underwear and your legs shackled as well to the bed, and you are in. The problem is, I I don't know if I planned this or not. <laughs> and you are in a tent. Okay. Anybody else around? Nobody's in here. It's a very small, sort of personal sized tent. Um, bound or shackled with like a lock. Uh, your arms, sorry, your arms are shackled to the bed by the wrists, rather, not your arms. Your feet are yeah. bound together, not shackled. Okay. And I'm alone in here? Yep. Okay, what else is in the room with me? A candle on the nightstand that's burnt out, half melted. Um, there is a small chest at the foot of this bed. And it's pretty barren otherwise. Maybe a little, like, barrel with, like, a bowl of water on it and a rag in it. Okay. Can I tell, like, how well are my feet actually tied? 
Uh, give me survival rule. Okay. Um, could I argue that, that might be a sleight of hand, just in the context of maybe like having been in similar situations and being and like slipped out? Yeah, I'll or... give that to you. Sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, Nineteen. Not tied very well. The knot is is loose at best, and you think, given a little bit of time, you could get your feet loose pretty e- easily. Okay. Um, while I'm working on that, I want to look around and see if there's anything that looks like I might be able to pick the lock on the shackle with. Give me your perception. All right. Ooh, that one. You don't see anything. Too focused on the feeties. Too focused Start on the feet. gnawing on the lock. <laughs> like a feral animal. Um, you don't see any implement to pick the lock or anything. In fact, as you're looking around, sort of wiggling with your feet, the door flap opens and in walks Yelena Boars. Yelena, help! I've been... I seem to have been kidnapped. Get me out of here. Let's leave before they come back. I suppose you think I'm quite the fool, Flint. Nah, I just, I feel like, I, I think I'm quite concussed at the moment. I'm actually really unclear on what's happening. What, what happened last night? Oh, by my accounts, you took one for the team to help your colleague escape. I imagine. You know, I would have been fooled had I not been tipped off to the friends of yours. Define friends. I find that that term usually is a bit loose in these circumstances. Are you saying that Groth escaped? Oh, define friends. How about a group of people who team up together to eliminate goblins and fight spirits and tackle wondrous mysteries together. Does that sound familiar at all? Sounds like the fairy tales I used to read when I was a kid, but sure. I have an insider. I know you are allied with Groth and the child who's called Shadow, and the holy person named Bo, and Starlet. You cannot keep me in the dark, Flint. When the Inquisitor arrives today, you will not be able to lie anymore. We'll see. We will. And she she says, she turns and she says, Take care of yourself, Flint. <laughs> Leaves the tent and shuts the flat behind her. Yeah, Flint's just gonna keep working on the binds on his feet. Bo. Yeah. You wake up stretching, spooning with No. Tara. Oh god, sorry. <laughs> You wake up on this bed of clover, clover the uh, sunrise, it's probably about 10 in the morning, you slept in a little bit, but probably didn't get too much of a full night's sleep. The sunrise, however, is glistening over the dew that's covering this, this grove, and it is even more beautiful in daylight. You see daisies, tulips, you see things that are blossoming that shouldn't be blossoming this time of year. Foliage is all sort of stages of of 
bulbing, blossoming, falling, like, it's like all the seasons are kind of mixed together in this strange, strange place. Hmm. I want to, like, Bo wants to lean down and kind of touch one of the the flowers lately that shouldn't be in bloom and um, say, how is this possible? A soft voice, like singing birds, says, it is possible because this place is a place of balance. Life and death has its place here, and the cycle is strong here. Natural magics radiate, and she leans down, runs her hand through the clovers, and plucks a four-leaf one out. And she says, and wondrous things happen, and gives it to you. Bo will uh, crack a smile and take it, um, and maybe press it just like drop it in his journal um and maybe is taking a little some sketches or notes inside of it and looking around you look around and of course you see this creature but nowhere to be found is the bear creature instead there's a man slumbering under a tall fir tree um Bo will stop sketching or writing and and kind of gesture with like his uh, pencil or pen or something and be, be like, who's that? Oh, of course. How silly of me. I forget such details. Jurgen. And the man doesn't stir and she goes, Jurgen. And he sort of gets up and you see this large man standing about six and a half feet tall with fur, like, not fur, but hairy gray arms, bare-chested with but a loincloth, um, stands up and, like, sort of leans up, stretches his muscular back out, and then comes to his footing, picks up his staff, and it's the same ornate staff you saw that bear creature have. And he has a braided beard that's similar to the... the fur of the on the chin of the bear creature and he gets up and he says oh, oh sore from last night good morning young one Bo will kind of like furrow his brow and be like racer claw oh of course uh, such such that I forget you know I only really see Small handful of people, and they're used to this. Uh, yeah, my name is Jurgen. Jurgen Stonebreaker. Razorclaw's kind of another part of me. It doesn't really come out a whole lot. Only during the full moons, but, uh... It's, it's nice to meet you, uh, you know, as me. Not that I'm too different in Razorclaw form. I'm actually a little nicer. Well, it's nice to meet you both, I suppose. Yes, Jurgen has a blessing of lycanthropy. Though such things can be curses as much as blessings, he is fortunate enough to have full control over his curse, as some would call it. 
so that form you took on, what would you call it? Well, uh, this kind of sounds a little tacky, but it's a werebear. Kind of like a werewolf, but a less bloodlust. A lot more diarrhea, though. <laughs> I eat a lot of berries, and then I suffer for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> when you turn back, you're like, oh, God. You ever woken up with a stomach full of raw fish and four pounds of fruit? <laughs> oh, my God. And three hackers? <laughs> it's just funny, because we've been watching She-Hulk, and she can handle her alcohol when she's, like, the Hulk, but she can't when... Yeah, so it reminds you of that. Mm. <laughs> um... Well, I can say I've never seen this before, but, you know, it's interesting to discover new things, of course, and it's great to meet you. Thank you for leading me to this place. I don't know if I would have found a safe place otherwise. Tara steps forward and she says, So you're the creature that saved me last night. And Jurgen says, Yes, Lass, I, uh... I'm sorry for what you had to witness, but I'm very glad I was able to be there. When I am in my werebear form, I, I'm more of a man of action rather than one of observation. But it has been nice to meet you. Where do you two have places to go? Can I escort you to your homes? I... I do, but I think I have it uh, under control. I just needed somewhere to rest for the night. I, As you know, Tara, there's a lot going on in Brambleton right now. Yeah, I, I can't go back home. I don't have a place to go. I, if you'll have it, I have a place for you to go. Um, we... Me and some of my friends have made a community of people who are outside of Brambleton that it's safe. And um, I think a lot of people have thrived there. Where, Where is this at? Is this what the Empire is looking for? The resistance? He'll... Bo will just smile at her. Like, eyes sparkling. Just mean, like... Because no one's ever called it that, I think, to his face. Well, young man, it, it looks like you can handle yourself. I, I'm more than happy to escort uh, Terra here if you can let me know where it is. I think that Bo would have the capabilities to yeah. go back there. So, um, Jurgen, you're, you've done me a favor, and if you want to come with, you're definitely welcome. Um but I'll be headed that way. Is it a settlement? What is it? Uh, yeah, a settlement. You could call it that. I'd love to see it. I, I, I'm not very personable. I, I don't know if I'll come in, but I like to keep eyes on my forest here. Or, or in Inara's forest. Our forest. All of our forests. It's a communist forest. Returning <laughs> <laughs> the power to the people. Just the imagine the, the means of production in the workers' hands. <laughs> I'd say you're pretty personal, and I hope that 
this won't be the end of us seeing each other. I think my friends would really like you. Well, you have a place in in, in Aris Grove, my friend. Your your allies, however, I will need to meet them before they can come. You, you must understand, this is a sacred place, and with everything that's happening in this world, I can't just let people in. I understand. Do you mind if I take note of this location? No, please. Don't you ever I'll kill you. <laughs> you could take note of it, but again, I trust you to properly protect its location. And he looks back at Inara, and she's like holding her arm out, and you see this owl fly into her hand. And she brings it close, and it whispers something in her ear, and she speaks back to it. And her eyes shoot to you, and then back to the owl. What is it? What is what? You... And I'll, like, gesture to um, Inara. You were looking at me in a funny way. Oh. I apologize. I'm just... Networking with... <laughs> The denizens of the forest. They tell so many tales of such strange things. All of them fascinating. Is everything okay? Everything is exactly how it needs to be. <laughs> An owl dropping oil and putting a man on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the balance. It's all part of God's plan. All part of balance. The balance of this nature. This is what socialism is. <laughs> Sometimes, this is what the left wants. Sometimes <laughs> plants grow. Sometimes imperialists catch fire. Communist <laughs> owls firebombing our soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens if you vote for Bernie Sanders. Putting oil in our meat, making our fucking goddamn villagers sick. <laughs> Releasing prisoners. <laughs> Tying doors to beds is just unnatural. <laughs> Bear men tearing apart cavaliers. <laughs> Dwarfs smoking milk. It's, it's the end oh, of it. Cat people. The fuck? Cat people. Um, well, within the interaction, interaction with Inara, uh, Bo will take like a small like bow, like unsure how to kind of express uh, gratitude. Um, to this creature that he probably has never seen um, and say um, thank you again for allowing me in this space I'm looking forward to to coming back and I'd like to in the meantime I've got to get going wait before you go and she she says Give me that piece of clover. He'll flip the page and grab it out of the journal. You place it in her bark skin hands, and she cups her hand, gives it a gentle blow. And it starts to glow this white light, and she tucks it behind your ear. You now have a blessing of luck. For the next 24 oh. hours, you can add 1d4 to any d20 roll. That's very cool. cool. I wish I could keep it forever. <laughs> she gives the you another splinter. 
Yep. <laughs> and so you come back and you have like two splinters right in my forehead. And you're like, God, There's what a, like, to you? There's a four-inch piece of wood <laughs> yeah. sticking out of her temple. It's like, just bleeding. Like an, like I feel scrub. really lucky. I met a tree person and a bear man. <laughs> it's like Did shrooms with them. <laughs> hot rod when he's like hey what's up buddy and he just has his nail like sticking out of his forehead <laughs> and they both scream uh. <laughs> anyway meanwhile Groth back at the ranch <laughs> Groth and Shadow you guys stir awake in this thick brush that you've sort of padded down to make a sleeping area I imagine you're probably pretty sore and bent up from sleeping on the ground. Uh, I think Shadow last night just kind of crashed because she was so tired and the stress had really gotten to her of like Groth getting captured because of her. And she, but as the morning comes and she wakes up, she just kind of like shoots up and turns towards Groth and starts shaking him. Groth! Groth! Wake up! Oh, it's okay. I don't want to sleep with one ear open. The other one plugged up with the earwax. Hogoth. That's his name, right? Your friend? Hogoth, yes. He's he's in the town. He is not wait, really. I saw him. He was in the tent with that 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 slaver lady. Well, that's not good. I mean, I you're you're positive it's him. Right. Uh, I mean, he looked as big as you, but old. Um, he nasty, had that... nasty eyeball. What? Nasty eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> the nastiest. It was kind of cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, he was just in that in her tent waiting for. Her. the fuck does Boars want with a undead fucking demon worshiper? What the fuck? What is going on? We need to we need to go, little one. We need to talk to uh we need to talk to Kella. Talk Hans to who? Others. Kella. Oh. Well, um maybe you should go talk to Kella. I I I don't know. Um we left Flint's all alone in there in I mean, what if they don't believe that he didn't help us? That may be the case. There's very little chance they're going to let him go if they think he let me go. And even less chance we're going to get to him. I think we need help if we're going to if we're going to get Flint out of anything over here. I mean, I the joint of Brambleton getting away. That's uh, that's not going to be taken lightly. I got you out. And I mean, it was my fault you got caught in the first place, but you also got to trust me. I can hide. I can get away. Oh, I know you can, little one. Do you? Because I was running and you made all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> the sass. How sure are you that, uh, that people think you're part of the guard? Oh, I don't know if I could be part of the guard during the day. But I, can, I rested and, you know, kill him rested. And 
I think that we could do something. If you need to sneak in and do what you got to do, little one, I know you can. But Thank we you, do buddy. need to get word to Killa. Inquisitor is not good, not for anybody. See if you can, uh, see if you can find Louis while you're in there. Do you want me to tell him something? Get the fuck out of town. Alright, will do. I'll tell him to go to the, to Kella too. Uh, has Louis been, has Louis been to the lab? I don't think yes. so. I think he, did he? Okay, so oh, he I knows, thought he, he left before he went to the lab. You guys brought him to the lab. He had a pretty heartfelt reunion with, uh, that's what I, yeah, Kella I remember that. I just couldn't remember if that's where it happened. Was that yeah. not at the cave, though? like under the house? I thought that was under your house. I'm pretty sure Louis helped us move from one spot to the other. I could be wrong about that, but I he know. He did, yeah, because you guys, you guys set, set the forge up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I know yeah, for sure he worked right. that forge. Um, real quick, Tanner, uh, did you say I had to do like a D3 or something to figure out how many charges I get back for the ring? Yeah, so roll a d6, one, two, three is obviously what it is, and then four is a one, a three is a, or a five is a two, and then a six is a three. Okay. Or if you could roll a d3 on D&D Beyond. I sure. can't. I've got a five, so what is that, two? Two. Yeah, so two okay. churches back. Sweet, thank you. Okay. We are actually going to pivot over to Star. Star, you wake up the only one in your... Not your own bed, but your rented bed. You awaken to your collage above your bed of nude photos of Faya. <laughs> Increasingly graphic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may notice that one is missing. It's just like a hole written right in the middle. I think maybe you wake up and you see those photos of Faya and you're like, you know what? I want that one that I drew of her. Like, on that night where we you know, celebrated our anniversary or something, and you Did go it. looking for it. <laughs> On the night that you boinked. <laughs> There's hella boinking. There's like, so much boink, boinking. It's the boinkiest. And I, I, do, I do think, actually, from, like, a, a realistic sort of standpoint of, like, the stress your your character is under and the trauma you've been through recently of just being like, I need, I need to find this picture to, like, to remind me what, I, what I'm after. You know, to remind me the goal, and you can't find it. I think Star is kind of like, maybe like sort of just woken up. She got sort of a cowlick on her hair, and she's like over at the desk, and or like it's just so she's looking at the pictures that she has on the wall, and she's like, "What the, what the fuck?" And she goes and empties her bag out onto her desk, and is like just frantically looking. And she, I think, as like funny of a moment as this might seem to, you know, like in the whole podcast portion of it i think star actually like i think she maybe gets to a point where she is she's actually really stressed out about this and i think she starts to cry a little bit and she's just kind of like i who the fuck went through my things what all right it's fine it's fine it's just a picture it's just a drawing i'll just do another one I can imagine. And, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I can imagine that like any loss, even after like a great loss, would 
be triggering or monumental. Oh, losing or, a photo of a loved one who's actively missing. Even though has if you have to hundreds, be, even yeah. one missing yeah. would be like that. It's just another loss. Distressing. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's and I, I think she she kind of maybe allows herself a couple of moments to really like to cry pretty hard about it. I mean, like she it it's been a stressful few days and. She doesn't know what's going on with her party. All she knows is that Winthrop's alive. She doesn't know where anyone the fuck else is. And she's like, I'm fucking on my own again. What am I going to do? I can't run a resistance. I can't fucking do anything. I'm one person. And I think like, I don't know. In the very beginning, Star, I've told you guys, is very much like a, she's all about herself. She's, you know, she thinks highly of herself. And I think she's maybe starting to get to some points where she's just realizing that she's just a person. And, you know, maybe not all the way, but I think she's just, like, really is coming to terms with certain things in her, uh, in her mind. And it's just, a lot of it is caving in on her right at this moment. So. Straw on the camel's back, maybe, a bit. Pretty much, yeah. Good job, Flint. Thanks a lot, Flint. You piece of shit. It only took. He wasn't (laughs) thinking about the like lasting consequences. He's just like, oh, boobs. It's okay. Only thirty-seven episodes to get to that point to know what happened. Consequences of you taking it, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Titties of my possibly deceased loved one. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, now you ruined it for me. (laughs) How about this? Probably deceased. Almost definitely. Yeah, does that bring it back? (laughs) All right. Um, I think she she maybe gathers herself, and um, I think she, uh, just before my little portion of this ends, I think she's actually going to gather all of her shit and pack it up. Like, she's going to have a go bag ready, because I think she's nervous. And honestly, I think Star might be thinking about just splitting if she can't figure something out in the next day. So she's she's going to be on her toes. I think she's really anxious at the moment, but she's going to try her best to, you know, put on her, her strong face and uh, go figure some shit out. Okay. We're going to pan back to Groth and Shadow. Just sort of go forward and backward from the same point. What do you guys want to do today? So, are you going back to the lab? Are you going back to the town? Are you splitting up? I know all those things were talked about. Damn it. I I think at this point, unless Shadow's coming with Groth to head out of town, we're probably splitting up. Okay. And Shadow, Shadow you're going back in? thinks that he should go back and tell everyone what's going on. And that she wants to go back looking for Flint. Okay. Just make sure that he's still walking around like he's owns the place. Okay. Here, little one. Have this one on me. And I'm going to touch her and she's going to be invisible. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to give her a pint of Tito's. Stop giving her alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Eat this mushroom. At the most stressful point in your day. Okay, so you're invisible. Where are you going? I am going to head back towards the mill first. Okay. You go towards the mill. As you get closer, you you know, you're kind of familiar with it at this point. You get towards the front 
entrance, the door is open. There are people searching the place up and down. There is several guards around here. Um, there's a quite a few people who are, like, scrubbing floors and, like... You can tell there's some punishment going on for the escape last night. People scrubbing things with small brushes. People digging a new latrine pit outside. With you being invisible, the mill actually... As much as there are quite a few guards here, there's not a whole lot to see. I scan the people digging latrines and scrubbing for Flint. They look tired, and this is the, the guard crew that was on last night. You recognize one or two faces. And they're being kept up to do shitty, shitty work as punishment for letting this escape happen. I imagine Flint would be with them, so I'm, I'm looking through. Yeah, them. you don't. You look through them. You don't see Flint. Okay. No sign of Flint. I head towards where I saw Hogoth. Okay. Shadow, you approach the perimeter of this encampment. You're invisible. Um, I'll say you get to the point, like, you're right on the outer edge. Even though you're invisible, if you go any further in, I will get a stealth check from you with advantage, of course. But at this point, you're at the very edge. You don't see Flint. You do see Yelena Boars um, roaming around talking to different people. You see this guy walk out of a tent with... And there's a row of about four tents with this red coloring on the outside and you see a guy walk out who's got like bandages from over his whole arm and he's being treat he walks out he's being escorted by a couple of medics um and he's he's got sort of burns on his face and heavy bandages on his arm probably the guy who was on fire last night um do you want to get closer I think to start, Shadow's just going to kind of walk in a circle around where these tents are, like staying outside the perimeter and just kind of seeing if anything stands out to her. If there is a place that she can hear what Yelena's saying, she'll kind of pause there. Okay. You get to a point where you get close enough to hear what Yelena's saying. Well, actually, give me a perception. And give me a perception or give me a stealth, whether you want to get closer or whether you want to try and pick something up farther. She's trying to stay a little bit farther out for now, so I'll do a perception. Okay. okay. 14. Okay. That's enough to hear a little bit, she says. She's telling this heavily armed dude, full plate, who seems to be somebody of importance, and she says... Make sure the perimeter is secure. The Inquisitor should be here in just a few hours. I want nobody inside the tent with the dwarf, but I want some, two people stationed on the outside at all times. And let them know, even if somebody is on fire, they do not leave their posts. Understand? Shakes his head. She says, I have a person of interest who will be entering the tent. Instruct your men to look away from a cloaked figure and to not pry into any business. If I get even a hint that somebody is eavesdropping on my private conversation or our person of interest private conversation, I will have their tongue, their ears, and their eyes. Do you understand? He says, 
Yes, Miss Morse. And she breaks away and heads further into camp. Dismissed. Shadow watches where the guy she was talking to goes. He goes a short distance. He goes to a tent, actually, uh, near the red painted tent. Uh, it's actually the farthest one on the right side of the outside red painted tents. And he, there are two guard, guards outside, and you see him. What you can deduce is is relaying the orders. She'll circle around to the closest point to that tent, and then start moving in. Well, you get pretty close to the tent before you and you're sort of like around the side of it getting ready to make your move and you see this heavy figure approaching in a large clo- large cloak standing in similar frame to Groth like do you want to do you want to go in still yeah he's approaching the tent she'll it, are the guards just at the front of the tent yes She'll move to the back of the tent and just wait. Okay. And kind of listen. The tent flap opens. Flint, you lift your head up and you look and you see a large figure enter. For a second, you maybe even think it's Groff. And he says, Dwarf, you find yourself in a very peculiar position. Lowering his hood, you see the scarred face and the milky eye of Hogoth. Hi, hey, you're that, uh, you're that, that Horhoth fella, right? Grossfriend? As charming as ever, I see. I do seem to be in a particular position, but for once, I'm not actually the one that put myself here. So, gotta agree with you on that one. Where's Groth? You know, I don't actually know where he is at this particular moment. Boom! You take three damage to the face as he slaps you across the face. <laughs> Kill one. Nice little... <laughs> a little... Ah! little uh. <laughs> Keep this up, laddie. You're gonna give me an erection. <laughs> he... <laughs> bows down and he says, easier to remove it with. (laughs) Nice. I was promised Groth. He was captured yesterday evening, and by the time I warned Yelena of Groth's companions, he had already escaped, finding an unconscious you in an otherwise empty room. So tell me, where is Groth? I'd have trouble pointing you into a particular direction, but I can say he's probably going back to meet up with the rest of his friends. But where that is, it's anybody's guess at this point. I've been tailing him. I've been tailing that particular group for a while to try to find some leverage on him. But they're not exactly forthcoming with a sellsword if you catch my drift. I know Groth better than I have known any man. He would not so easily throw his life away for a sellsword. Now, Dwarf, listen. In a short time, 
One of only six Inquisitors in the Empire will be here. They will extract the information of where your allies are, and they will systematically slaughter them, stomping out any threat to the Empire. Can I ask you a question? What? What do you want with the big man? I don't get the impression that you want him dead if it can be avoided. Roll a persuasion to see what you sort of get out here. Coke, coax out of him, yeah. When Shadow heard eight, him get six. slapped and yelled, or eight, she pulls out a, her dagger and is getting ready for if it happens again to use that to just kind of cut a slit in the back of the tent that she could squeeze through. Not actually go in, but just to have it ready. Sure. He says, That is none of your concern, but you are right. I do not wish him dead. However, if this Inquisitor comes here, tortures and extracts information from you, I have a feeling he will be. So help me help you. Where is Groth? It seems like you need something from me. And I think we both know you aren't gonna be it out of me. I'm far too stubborn for that. So maybe... I'm not asking for much, but maybe you give me something to work with here. I can free you and provide an escape. Or I can kill you. Either way solves my issue. Well, the latter doesn't really solve mine, so... How are you going to get me out of here without them being suspicious? I, I thought I was covering my tracks pretty well, but they still seem to know what I was up to in the end. I have an alliance. That's all you need to know. So you get me out of here. We walk out. What happens next? Before that happens at all, you tell me where Groth is. Hmm. Shit. <laughs> and we pan on over. <laughs> yeah, I might need that. Star. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I think today she's going to try and stick to the shadows for the most part. Um, okay. Kind of going to slink around and try to listen in on some conversations from the guard. She wants to she wants to know what's going on. She wants to hear some things. Go ahead and give me a. I'm going to actually give me an investigation roll. That's going to be a big old nat 20. Nice. Ooh. Okay. We're on some good ones tonight, guys. Nice. You're gonna learn a couple things. Couple things. First of all, you catch a conversation between two Blackreach men in the bar. Uh, around noon, around lunchtime. I imagine it takes you a while to sort of get out of bed because you were up late. You kind of had a mental breakdown, whatever. We all been there. <laughs> You come downstairs you know? to get a grilled cheese to help sate the mental breakdown. <laughs> and uh, 
you hear two Blackreach soldiers, and uh, one of them's like, one of them's like, yeah, I heard the uh, Inquisitor is supposed to be here uh, around midday pretty soon. Should we go out and try and get, try and get, you know, a glimpse at him? The other one's like, no, man, that's, that's bad luck. You see, Inquisitor, you know, there's only six in the Empire, and I heard this one coming in, Ares is the newest one and ruthless eager to climb the ladder and the other one's like well what's so wrong about going and seeing him then well what if he points to you and says you're a traitor you ain't done nothing he's an inquisitor they take their word as law they'll cut your head off right there he's like "Uh, i guess you're right he's like but they don't actually cut your head off they've got that little prong spear he's like that's worse than death Meanwhile, you sort of wander out, and after you eat, you wander out into the road. You see Louis. Louis looks up at you and sort of, like, nods his head to an alleyway nearby and dips in. Star's gonna go ahead and follow him along there. You turn around the alley and duck behind... He motions for you to duck behind some barrels, and he's like, Hey! What happened to Groth? I heard some things I don't like. Well, as far as I could tell, he... I mean, the last time I saw him, he was being walked into a tent with several guards. I'm trying to get some info today, but I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of in the dark here. I heard that somebody... Imagine Flint's description was working with Blackreach. Did he turn? It's too soon to say. I don't know. I saw him, I saw Flint walking him in, but... As far as I know, Flint does have some experience with these guys, and... Maybe he did turn, because it would be easier than trying to help us out, but... I don't know. I don't think I know Flint enough. To say for sure. You see his jaw clench and his teeth tighten together and he says, Flint is the reason that Groth is imprisoned or hurt. I will cut his fucking head off and I will mount it over the ashes that is my fucking home. Star gives him like a nice, like she she puts her arm on his shoulder and she says, you and me both, buddy. I don't know really anyone in this party all that well, but I think Groth has good intentions, and some of the things that I've heard Flint say, I've seen Flint do, I don't know. But I'm with you. Louis puts a hand on your shoulder, and very sort of intimately and and personally, he says to you, he says, You're a good friend. You've done more for me than I could say. Thank you. Star says, well, can't say I've been the best creature out here in these uh, wild lands, but I appreciate it. And no matter where this takes us, I won't let Brambleton go down without a fight. And that includes you. And she's going to kind of like quickly before he can pull away put her forehead to his and 
say, no, let's fuck some shit up and get out of here. And then she's going to kind of skitter off. And he sprints out of the alley and punches <laughs> the first person he sees. He's not even a guard. Chair. Anarchy! <laughs> you know that... Takes a shit that, in the middle of the street. <laughs> and Gigi Allen. <laughs> that little, like, head touch really just got him there. Just touched someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never had a woman touch me. Um. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Never had one. <laughs> the Soviet states of rail will rise again. <laughs> okay. To end this episode, we're going to peer back to you, Flint. Oh, Shadow, real quick. Just say no too, but she cast major armor on herself, but she's waiting <laughs> for someone after hearing that long pause of him saying, offering to free him if he does something for him. She's waiting for someone else to start talking to cover her whisper as she sends a message to Flint. Okay. I'm just picturing Flint starts talking and then gets the message <laughs> and then just start like inadvertently starts saying what the message is instead of what he was thinking. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, no worry, I'm right, behind, I'm right behind the tent. I'm waiting to bust you out. <laughs> really Wait, quick. hold on. I thought that message was... Like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that it was that nobody can hear what you're saying. It's, but they, you, like, you still have, have to whisper. whisper and they can... So if they can hear me whispering, they could hear that. Oh, but that's they, interesting. When it intercept the message. Oh, I kind of thought the whole thing was like, it was quiet, but like, if someone was watching your mouth move, they could see that you were whispering something, I but have not to hear whisper. what it was. So, I mean, it could be a very, very quiet whisper, like the. T- Quietest whisper but possible, but, but it's I not have to silent. Whisper. Yeah, okay, that, that, that makes sense. Oh, sorry, I, I for some reason I Which thought it was like completely I'm silent. For I would imagine that to the, start talking. Okay, the hustle and bustle of a camp too, like that could cover up. Like even the wind, really, if you wanted to like get down to the nitty gritty of it, could kind of cover that up unless like somebody was really close to her. Is the okay. two stupid guards outside just like, hey, did you see that guy on fire last night? <laughs> no, unfortunately, they tried to recreate the fire to best practice how to put it out, and they both lit themselves on fire and died. <laughs> one of them would have been able to put the other one out, but he accidentally nailed his sleeve to the wall. <laughs> like, uh, the other guy why you. are there three graves out here? <laughs> why, why does this keep happening? <laughs> okay, all right. <clears throat> so why am I on fire nailed to the wall? This wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> okay, Flint. Um, Gauntlet's been yeah, thrown. Flint taking yeah, took takes a minute to kinda like think about his offer and just says, uh Listen, we both and have something to offer with each that, other here. You also um, hear in the back of your head. Flint, I'm I'm here to help. Get rid of him and I can get you out. Okay. I don't know if there was any way you could like reciprocate that message, but yeah. We both have something to offer each other here. And I'm nothing at the end of the day, if not a man of business. I have certain things in play right now that I cannot compromise, even if it means my life. But you get me out of here. I promise you have my word. I will bring you to Groth, or I can bring him to you. Okay. Give me a deception or persuasion, depending on what you're doing. Sure. A dissuasion. Oh shit. And this uh, is a this is an imposed role, so <laughs> he's not gonna have a tough time beating that one. I don't think I have any rerolls left either. I have one. I don't know if I can 
give it if like I don't know how your rules are gonna work, Tanner, but I would I gladly give my reroll for that. If he wants to do that, you can if you want to. Did you? Didn't you give um, Star one recently? Are you sure? No, you she was one? going to give Star one, but oh Star yeah, one. and then you, you mean said no? Wait, I mean sorry, sorry, sorry. Shadow. Shadow, Shadow. Yeah, yeah, you, you gave, no, but then she refused. I, I, it. Yeah, that's said, right. I don't. She want rolled like it. a right, sixteen. Yeah, okay. Stop her. telling the teacher that we had homework. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, you can have it if you want it. Flint. Okay, sure, I'll take it. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, it's not wasted. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I was curious um, there. I was gonna be like. Shadow totally trusts Flint, but with a passive 10, would she think that he's telling God the truth or not? <laughs> it's not much better. It's a 9, but if it's an opposed roll, it's a little more room. Then I don't think she would know. He looks at you and he says, <sighs> Never believe a mercenary. And he draws his short sword and slides it across your throat. For real. Uh... And we'll pick this up Are you week. What? God damn. No. On the real podcast. <laughs> He's going to come back undead. That's wild. Well, Flint probably Ugh. would like yell or something before he like fully did that, right? I mean, he's got death saves, so there's time. Yeah, but how can how can <laughs> but, like, Shadow not like kill someone who's sleeping automatically, but you can just break it across the stern and it's fine? I'm tied up. He is completely restrained and helpless. Yeah, no, it's definitely like a advantage ah. roll crit type situation, like coup de gras type yeah. situation where you get a crit on the roll and stuff. I'm also just back to the narrative components. I'm interested to see where this. Yeah. Well, I'm no, I'm interested to see where this is going to, because I don't think Yelena would have been cool with him killing uh, their only lead on the resistance. Oh, so no. <laughs> I feel oh, like no. something else is going on here. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm actually not against this happening, yeah. but you just threw out the shadow fun. could have done that. And I was like, wait, can I? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons living or dead or actual events are purely coincidental. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all of our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we could use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright, as well as the Chronicles of Rel main theme. Please consider donating to our Patreon if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.